0: Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome. If you've got your Bible, open with me to Psalm 92 and... Take a marker and put it in Matthew 13. We're going to read an amazing parable that Jesus told today. Uh, sometimes it's hard. When you read the parables of Jesus, sometimes they can come across a bit abrasive. Um, there's a great book if you're, if you're looking for a book to read that talks about the hard teachings of Jesus, the book by F. F. Bruce. And, um, and he examines them. And, um, but this is one of those parables, and it's one of those stories that Jesus tells that sometimes can be a little bit difficult to understand. Maybe you first read it, or you hear it, and you're like, man, I don't necessarily understand that fully, and it sounds, um, it sounds like maybe I don't understand it, but let me, let me just encourage you, receive the implanted word today. Because when you receive Jesus' word, ultimately, inevitably, you'll find His grace, and that's what we that's what we'll find today. I do believe through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's read it here Matthew 13 verse 1. It says this, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him so he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying a sower went out to sow. Other seeds fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. Yes. And produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. I want to preach part two of Planted and Flourishing today. This is a title. Write it down. Embracing the dirt. Embracing the dirt. Getting planted, staying planted. How does it happen? How can it happen? Some practical thoughts as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that it speaks life into us. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you'd come and that you would supernaturally plant the word of God into our hearts through insight, through revelation, through grace. God, we thank you. That's how it happens. It's not because we're intellectually brilliant, but it's because you're here and you're working in our lives. God, I just pray that you would work among your people today, doing an amazing work in our hearts. We pray for all in kids. It's happening right now. We pray they have an incredible experience encountering your presence today in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. This message is going to be one you won't forget because I'm going to get up in your business. I'm going to give it to you straight today. Embracing the dirt. Just a reminder of what Psalm 92 promises, okay? Says the righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. So first, last week, we talked about a seed. First, there's a seed. We talked about how when it comes to God, when it comes to the kingdom, a seed is all you need. But God has a process and there needs to be soiled. There needs to be a planting that takes place. There needs to be something um, that seed goes into. And for you today, maybe the seed is just a seed of willingness and obedience for the next season. God has a process, seed and soil. A couple of things we're going to come around as we're going to look at embracing the dirt today. Embracing the dirt as the seed goes into the dirt, as the planting is taking place. A couple of things we're going to come around today. Write this down. Point number one today choose to be planted. Choose to be planted. But let me say it a different way. Choose to let God plant you in. That's a better way of saying it. To get in on the ground of God's. Choosing, God is ready to plant you in his garden, into into the garden of his design. But it takes a choice by you to say, I will allow God to plant me in. I choose today to let God plant me in and for that to become a goal of mine, to be planted by God and then become my reality. Let me ask you a question Have you chosen? To be planted in the house of God? Have you made a choice? Have you decided? Don't just come to church, get planted in church. Don't just come along, be planted in the house of God. But I want you to think about something for a moment. I want to just do a quick theology check. Who is it that does the planting? Is it you? Is it me? Is it the leader that brought you to church? Is it the, the person that you look up to? I want you to see something in this psalm, Psalm 92. In the message translation, it makes it really clear. It says this in verse 12, Good people prosper like palm trees, grow tall like Lebanon cedars, transplanted to God's courtyard. I love that. God's courtyard, they'll grow tall in the presence of God, to be planted in the house is to experience the miracle of God planting you in his courtyard. That it's actually God through the power of the Holy Spirit and your willingness uh, coupled with that obedience means that God plants you in his house of his, of his design. But we got to choose. we got to make a decision. we got to say, yes, God. I choose to be planted in your house. I want to grow tall in your presence. It's a miracle. You don't plant yourself. You obey the call to be planted, to be be where he's called you to be. I've heard story after story. This is the fourth time we've done planted and flourishing. I told you it was the third time. I actually went back to my notes and it's actually the fourth time we did it. We've done it. This is the fourth time. Every two years. And I've heard story after story over eight years of people saying they were looking for a church. They were looking for somewhere to be planted and they cried out to God. Sometimes it was just a whisper, just a simple, God, I just, I need, I, 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 where is home? And I've heard stories, I've literally heard one story of someone driving around. And then late at night, driving around, praying, God, where should I go to church? Where are you calling us to be? And then them driving past a neon cross on State Road 207 <laughs> in the middle of the night, saying, what's that? God showed it to them and they came here and they told me, this, this couple told me that as they drove on the property, God spoke to them and said, this is where I've called you to be. And they made a cho- choice to obey God. And be planted in the house. It's what God's always done. Think about God taking the people of God out of Egypt, out of bondage. What did He do? He planted them in Canaan. He transplanted them into the ground called the land of Canaan, His promised land for them. And you and I, we have a promised land as well. It's called being in the presence of God and living in His presence for all of our days. It's pretty powerful. So we're going to choose to be planted. We've got to understand God's the gardener, where the seed and the good soil is where he wants to plant you. The truth about the soil is this. If God's called you to be there, it's going to be good soil. One of the things we say to people that are new to our church, and maybe considering where they're supposed to be and all that sort of stuff, we say this, we believe you're called to be planted in a local church. We don't say you have to be planted here. And we're gonna be all bent out of shape if you leave. No, no, no. What we say is this we say, hey, where are you, where do you feel like God is calling you and your family to be planted? Because you're called to be planted somewhere. And God's got good soil for you, amen. Amen. So number one, we're gonna choose to be planted. Number two, you ready? We're gonna embrace the dirt. We're gonna embrace the dirt. I wanted to give us a few ways to keep the soil good soil. Healthy in life, or ways that we can embrace the dirt. There's a few things I've got to just say to you as your pastor is this you've got to understand it's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. It's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. You have to get in it to experience it. You've got to understand that it's going to get a little uncomfortable at times. You know, growth is actually painful. I mean, I'm not going to be one of these preachers that gets up here and tells you this, my big gym story, you know. Well, you know, I went to the gym and man, like in all these six-week messages about what the gym does to you, but I've been to a gym. (laughs) It hurts. (laughs) But the growth is happening. It's coming through. But you gotta understand when you're getting planted in the house of the house of God and you begin to grow, it's gonna be uncomfortable at times. We've got to embrace what the dirt does. Dirt isn't perfect, but it's necessary. It holds the seed, it nourishes the seed, it gives it the foundation for future growth. But we've got to trust God with the timing. Let me say this to you: you've got to give it time. People ask me, well, how long do you think it should, how long is enough time? 6 to 12 months minimum, consistent, showing up, being in the presence of God, being in the dirt. you to embrace the process that God has for you. Are you willing to embrace the dirt? You're supposed to be planted so you can grow. And if you are growing, it's just a matter of time that you will flourish. That you will start to see the leaves you will start to see the shade. You will start to experience some of the fruit and the blessing of being planted in the house of God. Some of the relationships will become richer. Some of the experiences will become better. Some of the revelation that God gives you will be more incredible. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, man, this is what the promise of Psalm 92 is. That I'm growing tall in the presence of God and I'm experiencing His goodness. And now it is my story. It's powerful. So we've got to choose to be planted. We've got to embrace the dirt. Number three, you ready? It's where it gets good. We've got to deal with the weeds. We've got to deal with the weeds. You know, I love God's words so much. The Old Testament, the New Testament, they go together like a glove. You'll never convince me that there's anything wrong with God's words. Perfect in every way. Okay? Okay. Do you know what the, parable, what the parable of the sower is followed by? The parable of the weeds. God never leaves us without all the required information. The parable of the sower is followed by another parable with a warning. With a warning. He says "As he put another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his the, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said to him, "Master, did you not know good seed? Did you not sow good seed in your soil? How then does it have weeds?" Well, it's because they were sleeping. <laughs> he said to them, "An enemy has done this." So the servant said to him, then what do you want us to go and gather, to gather them up? Here's the point. He's not talking about actual wheat. He's not talking about actual grain. He's talking about people. He's talking about the work of God, that it's good seed. But what happened was people were sleeping on the job and the enemy showed up. But what we've got to do is, we, I believe at times we have got to have the spirit of Joshua We're going to be able to to, and willing to and, and have the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to deal with some of the weeds. There are opposing forces to being planted. The goal of the enemy is to get you isolated and then deceived and then separated for good or, in other words, uprooted. That's the goal of the enemy. Isolation is a sign of stale soil. There's a lack of water. You get watered when you're here. When you're not in the house of God, you aren't getting consistently planted in. And so there's no water and things dry out. You get isolated. And something happens when you get isolated. I'd love it if you could write this down. you've got a pen, write this down. Pray you'd never forget it. Distance creates distortion. And there is nothing more true when it comes to church. Distance creates the longer you stay away the more crazy you think. I'm going to preach the truth and shame the devil today. One week, it's fine. Two weeks, still okay. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. By the way, I don't care how long you've been away. I'm just glad you're here today. Okay. It's a good thing that you're here. But I want you to keep coming. But distance creates distortion, and and, and I've heard things like this. These weeds pop up. People say things like, well, they never loved me anyway there. That is totally untrue. We love you here. You are safe here. That's a lie. That's a weed. Something else some people say after distance creating distortion, well, they're just judging me now. That's totally untrue. We're all just a bunch of sinners saved by grace trying to live for him as well. The church is full of imperfect people, so you'll fit right in. Welcome back. Here's another one. Well, I don't really get fed there anyway. If you are called to, to be here, God will feed you here. You may just need to open your mouth. You may just need to be humble enough to take notes during the message. Or be courageous enough to open up your scriptures during the week and meditate on the word that was shared on Sunday. But to say, well, I don't get fed there anyway is a lie. You know, in our messages, we have anywhere between 15 and 30 scriptures alone in every message in our church. There is plenty of food on the table here on Sunday. But if you don't eat, let me just say this. If you don't eat during the week, you're going to starve. Another one is, well, maybe I should just go check some other churches out. Why would you want to uproot yourself and your family from the place you're called to be and go through that painful process? The enemy would love for you to have a casual approach to church. See, people... This is the beauty of the blessing of where we live and the fact that there is so much rich spiritual history in this place, is in this area, in this nation, is this, is we can get easily comfortable and start treating church like restaurants. It's not a restaurant. Church is a home. You don't change homes every day. You don't go check out another home next week. It's your home. But if we're not careful, we're just like, oh, what's the menu like over there? What, what are they? they got going on over there? It's a weed. And this is a warning for this age. The internet is great for many things, but it's a robber in a lot of ways. When it comes to true, authentic connection and community, the internet is a bogus deal. You may meet someone online, but eventually that's not enough. Are you with me? Because we desire deep, connection, not shallow grass. In Psalm 92, if you back it up a little bit, you see the contrast. This is what I love about God's Word. There's so much good teaching in there. You talk about the tall growing palms and cedars of Lebanon, but it's contrasted with grass. To me, getting a message or a podcast once a week, that's just grass. It's just grass. But God wants you to grow tall into His presence. And we're going to deal with the weeds that hold us back, Another weed is envy. Oh, wonder what they're doing over there. I'm going to go check that. That's, that's, that, that. that's a weed. Comparison. It's a weed. But you know what the two biggest weeds are that I believe will take you out is offense and unforgiveness. They are weeds in the soil of your planting. Offense is the single biggest reason people stop going to church. And one of the reasons that I've seen some people go to 10 different churches in 10 years Because they get offended. It's just a matter of time. I'll offend you. Come on up, come on up here right now. Let's do it right now. It's gonna happen. (laughs) I'm gonna look some way at you, and it's not what I meant, but you took it as and and then it happens over I have heard the same story told a thousand different ways. And I feel like I sit there every time and I'm just like, enemy, you are so crafty. Because you've just shifted the ball around a little bit, changed up the way it looks, and done the same thing over and over and over again. And what that does is it leads to unforgiveness. And unforgiveness then begins to build a prison. And there's only one person in that prison. It's you. And I've met people. I told you I was going to get up in your business today. I warned you. I've met people. Well, 20 years ago, Sister Jean or Brother Bob, they treated us like this. But you know what the sad part is? Sister Jean and Brother Bob, they've moved on. They're living their life and the things that you experience, can can I just say, I'm sorry. They may have hurt you and it may be real. But the only person that's suffering right now is you and your family. And we've got to be people that understand what the enemy's doing. God's got a plan, but man, the enemy's got one. And he wants to put weeds. He wants weeds to sprout up. But we've got to embrace the dirt in church life. And we have got to start saying things like, as much as that hurt, I'm going to choose to not stop growing, to not stop flourishing, and I'm not going to let the enemy lie to me and stop me from being planted in good soil. Something my pastor used to say that I'd never forgotten and I think is so true and I want you you to hear it too. He used to say this, no Christian seasoned in the word, planted in the house, has any reason to live their life offended. You know why? Because you're forgiven and I'm forgiven. But we're forgiven to forgive. We're free to live free. So we're going to choose to let God plant us We're going to embrace the dirt. We're going to deal with the weeds. But how do we do it all? We stay focused on the light, which is Jesus. What does a plant do? It it puts all of its energy and attention towards its focus on the light. That's where it gets the energy. That's where it gets the vitality. Come on, somebody. That's where it gets the healing. As we stay focused on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are growing people. We've got to keep looking at the source of life. That's where our attention and our focus needs to be. That's how we grow. That's how we overcome. That's how we stay the course. That's how we stay planted. And listen to me, friend, and that is how we flourish in Jesus' name. It says in Hebrews verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast. The writer of Hebrews says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What did God promise? Come on, we, at the top of the message, Psalm 92, the righteous are planted and they flourish. And my prayer for us as a church is we would be a flourishing people because we're planted in the house of the Lord. Would you stand with me? I'd love to take a moment right now. I want to pray specifically for any Offense. Any bitterness. Anything that might be in our spirits that we've kept along the way. You know, I think even when it comes to our spiritual lives, our spirit, man, we just have to be people that understand, I've got to sweep clean my spirit sometimes. I've got to get this stuff out sometimes. And maybe as I was talking, you're just like, you know what? There was that thing that I'm still holding on to. There was that one comment there was that one look, there was that one hurt, there was that, can I just encourage you? Yes, it might be valid, but put it at the feet of Jesus and move on and allow yourselves to go even deeper into the soil that God has for you. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you. Father, I thank you. You're a good, good father. And where you've called us is good soil, God. And so father, I pray right now for the riches the richness of the soil to be revitalized again in our hearts. God, I just pray right now that you would deal with any offense, Lord, any bitterness that might be carried through to this season, God. Father, would you give us the courage and the strength today to say enough is enough. I'm not going to let that thing that happened in the past rob me from the future you have. Lord, let that be our testimony. Let us become overcoming believers today seasoned in your word and your life-giving word, watered by your word today, to move forward into everything you have for us. Let the offense go today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you